0: Many of you know that uh, we have been in some all kinds of different places uh, through this semester in our Let's Talk About uh, Sex series, uh, which uh, for those of you who haven't been here uh, has been uh, an exploration of uh, things of uh, romance and relationships, uh, dating, singleness, uh, marriage, uh, sexuality, um, all of those things uh, in a big spectrum uh, of things that fall uh, in, that, uh, uh, in that category, uh, where the question for us uh, as disciples, and what's a disciple? A follower, right? A follower, somebody, in our case, somebody who is walking uh, uh, with, following, walking in the way of Jesus. And so we're confronted with these things all the time. Our world is filled with messages of all kinds of different uh, angles uh, on these things. We've talked a lot about that uh, this semester. And so uh, where we come uh, here getting towards the end uh, of this series is uh, we want to explore some things about marriage. Because uh, as we have established um, our practice of relationships and love and dating, uh, one of the pillars of that is to help us to answer some questions um, about marriage in our lives um, as we uh, pursue that uh, in relationships. And so uh, sometimes uh, those relationships lead to that. And so what we want to do is uh, put some people before you uh, who are in the midst of marriage, some people who have been in uh, in the covenant of marriage uh, for many, many, many years, um, and some who are kind of just getting started uh, in that, so that we can hear those experiences and what. Uh, has taken place in that what's the role of uh, their spiritual lives in that how has that shaped uh, relationship and so we have some really special guests with us tonight that we are very very blessed and privileged uh, to have and that is Jay and Ann Haley come on up Uh, Don and Kay Sargent and you guys can take a seat here Uh, probably preferably next to each other Uh, and Mitch and Allison East. (laughs) Check, 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 check. Check, check, okay. So, um, what we want to do, uh, is we're gonna go just down the line here, and I'd like each of you uh, to introduce yourselves. Um, now, all of these people have some connection uh, with uh, with the University Avenue Church here. Uh, some very deep connections. Some have given up their connections, sadly. Sadly, that's that's our begging you to come back, uh, Don and Kate. <laughs> Uh, No, but we'll we'll hear about that uh, from them. So let's just take the mic and pass that down. Uh, Let's uh, just tell your name. And as a couple, I'd like you to say uh, uh, how long uh, you've been married and uh, what your connection uh, here is with the University Avenue Church.
1: My name is Jay Haley.
2: I'm Ann Haley. We've been married married 54 years.
3: Okay, Sergeant. Don Sergeant, we've been married 52 years.
4: I'm Allison,
5: this is my husband, Mitch. <laughs> How long have we been married?
6: Uh, since December 15th. Yeah,
5: he, w- he questioned the day right before we got the mic.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
5: so just making sure, but we've been married for four
0: months. Marriage tip, good day to remember. Yes. <clears throat> Okay, uh, so since you guys have the mic, um, I would like for you guys to give give basically the one minute version of how you came to be married to each other. One of you or both of you, either one. Uh, tap Tap the bottom, just tap it real quick, the very bottom button, yeah.
5: Okay, there we go. Um, one minute version, <laughs> I liked, okay. I, 30 seconds now. <laughs> okay, one minute version, ready to go. I liked Mitch, I told him, he said let's be friends, then he changed his mind, and then now we're married. <laughs> That's
0: pretty much it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay, so question oh, for Mitch. Oh, yeah. H- how did you know that you wanted to be married?
6: Uh, so well really it began with changing my mind about Allison because my friend asked me he goes what do you think about Allison and I was like well I don't know if I like see her that way and then he said I didn't ask you what you don't think I asked you what you do think right it's a good <laughs> question and then I said and I said oh well she loves jesus and she's hilarious and anytime she asks me to do anything i drop everything i'm doing to spend time with her and oh i think i like her uh so i discovered it as i was talking about it and that just all of those true things at the beginning just deepened over time if that makes sense so all of those things i knew about her stayed the same and and pretty (laughs) <laughs> yes, that is true. <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Since a young boy, and I wanted to be
0: married. <laughs> I want to be married. You're marriable. Let's yeah. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> okay, uh, Don and Kay. Now, uh, Don and Kay uh, were uh, members of uh, the University of Avenue Church. They moved up to Georgetown, uh, and so they're going to church up there, but this was a good excuse uh, to drag them back here to campus. So we are so thankful uh, that you guys are here. And I hope that you guys can meet them uh, before you leave tonight because they're just uh, wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, But Don and Kay, can you talk just briefly, if you can go back 54 years, talk uh, about how you met each other, um, how that came to be, and how you came to be married.
3: We met each other at the school college cafeteria at West Texas State University, which is now West Texas A&M. Uh, <coughs> we met a, the, uh, our first semester of our junior year. We dated through, pretty much through our junior year and our senior year, uh, and then we parted ways. Uh, I moved to Oklahoma City. She moved to McCamy one year, and then moved to Midland uh, as a school teacher. I was a traveling salesman, so I went home for Christmas, and I called her up and said, would it be all right if I come by to see you? Sh- she was kind of on my way back to Oklahoma City where her mother lived. So uh, we rekindled our relationship. And then about, I don't know, about a year and a half later, we got married. Uh, and I don't, you know, from the time I met her, I wanted to marry her. Uh, so it's kind of one of those uh, textbook schoolboy school romances. But she has always been uh, the most important woman in my wife in my life, (laughs) Uh, and uh, (laughs) we've had uh, many, many, many great great experiences, including being at U.A., but uh, uh, we're uh, we're just glad to be here, wherever we are, So we're
0: old. (laughs) Okay, I would love for you to talk about how did you know you wanted to marry Don? It took a while. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's put the mic up on your mouth. Yeah, just on your mouth. There you go. Uh,
4: What attracted me to Don was his sense of humor, and he has it still. And there have been many, uh, I guess, rough times in our marriage, uh, unhappy times, and he always seemed to find a way to make me laugh or to smile or to think of it in a more positive way. So that was a big attraction to me.
0: Go ahead. Uh, The one-minute version (laughs) of how you can.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll try to give you the cliff notes. Um, The first thing that happened on the way to our wedding (laughs) was when I was about 12 years old and I was in a Bible class with a lady from church and she said to our, it was a class of little girls, a class of 12-year-old girls, and she said, you should begin right now to pray for the person that you will one day marry. It was a command. It was not like a suggestion. <laughs> so I, I didn't know what else to do but to do that. So every night in my nightly prayers before going to bed, I said, prepare somebody special for me. I didn't know what I was praying for. I didn't know what that looked like. But that's what I did and that was when I was about middle school and when I got to be about uh, high school, about junior year in high school, some of those prayers started to come true, come come to completion and it started with my sister-in-law who told me that I I should know this boy, this family. She had gone to church with this family and she went on and on and on about his family and so over the years, over the next two years, there were so many different people in my life and that we knew in common that would say, do you know Jay Haley? You all should know each other. And so that's how, that's how it started.
1: Yeah, see, I wasn't part of this divine intervention thing that was going on. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't a privy to what was going on in her head. So, and to call me a little <coughs> bit further, I had a girlfriend. You know, during high school. So that kind of kept me distracted a little bit. But during this two-year period that she's been kind of, oh, I need to meet Jay Haley or there's Jay Haley, we actually did meet several times. And stupid me, you know, it always seemed like another person I was meeting. It would be like six months, between. we went to different high schools, went to different churches, so I never kind of put two and two together until finally the night before we were supposed to bo- both leave for Abilene Christian College then. We went to this party for all the people in Dallas, in the Dallas area who were going to go. And um, I sat down with this attractive young woman. And stupid me, this, the, the silliest pickup line you've ever heard, have I met you somewhere before? <laughs> I literally said that. you know. And then and I'll tell you the longer version sometimes. But also there was a flash like, oh. You're that person I've met six times before. <laughs> <laughs> and it kind of all started falling into place, and I finally figured out uh, we finally met. And then that night we got to Abilene, and we didn't have a so-called date, but I think we might have gone to church together or something, or met up in a like something like this, you know, and um, started dating. You know, right after that at there at Abilene, and by Christmas I'd broken up with my. <laughs> other girlfriend, and we dated for a couple of years uh, there at Abilene. and that gets more complicated,
0: we'll tell you about that. <laughs> <laughs> that was the longest one minute ever. <laughs> no, you no, okay, so you've got the mic. What, what I want you guys, now this is uh, specifically for you two couples. Um, what were the early years of marriage like for you? Hard.
2: <laughs> Why?
1: Because we've been married 55 (coughs) years, almost 54, going on 55 years, we were very young when we got married, and there were some circumstances that that uh, that brought that about. Ann's mother died suddenly that same Christmas, where you know right after we had met, and her father had died when she was very young, so she was basically without a family then. So we grew very close together then, and there were some other difficult circumstances in her family that just brought us together. And um, yeah. and com- kind of caused us to want to be married sooner than we were really prepared for. So I was 20, almost 21 years old when we were married, and was 19 years old. So that's how we that's get. To, that's how you get to be married 55 yeah. years <laughs> and live to talk about it. Yeah. Um, so I think that was. But it was tough. I mean, we were still in school. And I was came down here to law school, so, so we had hard times. And we had a son born when I was in the middle of law school. So you know we had a difficult time just getting through school those early years of marriage were tough.
2: Yeah, I mean, I just think in some ways we didn't have sense enough to know <laughs> how, how hard it was. <laughs>
1: no, we thought it was all great. We, didn't, we okay. didn't know how hard it was at the time. Do you want to talk? Okay.
4: Uh, our early marriage was with me teaching school and Don on the road off over the state of Oklahoma. Um, and he would be gone from either late, Sunday or early Monday morning until the end of the week. And so the weeks were fairly long for me, but I learned to keep busy. And uh, when he came home on the weekend, we were both very thrilled to be together. And he can tell you a little bit more from his perspective. But it was still a happy time for us because we were young. We didn't know much about heartache and disappointments and all. We were just making the best of all of our time together
3: forgive me for getting preachy all of a sudden, but I I got a couple of things I gotta say before all our minutes run out. (laughs) Um, One of my very best friends is a guy from Amarillo who came to the University of Texas and then went to the University of Texas Law School. He grew up in the Central Church of Christ in Amarillo. Uh, He came to the University of Texas and decided that he didn't believe in God. So he completely turned his back. And what I wanna say to you guys is, as a secular institution here in the state of Texas, uh, will lead you away from God if you allow them to. <clears throat> There's no reason to allow that. God has a place in your heart and in your lives and will so long as you reach out to him. He's reaching for you for you always, but you need to always recognize and remember that regardless of how far you get from God, all you've got to do is reach out and he'll be right there for you. Uh, we are, you know, in 52 years, we've had all kinds of ups and downs, uh, not marital ups and downs, just things of life that happen to you. Uh, And I've always had the philosophy that good things happen to everybody, bad things happen to everybody. It's not a matter of what happens to you, it's how you react to it. What is the essence of learning that you get from what's happening to you? Things happen to you every day here at school that you can react positively or negatively. Uh, and I just would encourage you to always remember that God is on your side and that Carrie and Mitch and other Christians here are on your side and will be there for you to lean on in your time of need.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Don. <clears throat> uh, for you guys, I'd like you to talk about in just your, your few months of together and leading up to that, what has changed for you? Uh, in each of your lives.
5: Yeah, okay. Um, So I haven't met all of you guys, but last year, Mitch and I both were living in England. Um, I was getting my master's degree there, and Mitch was interning at a church there. And he was there until August, and then I lived there until mid-October. So from October till now, we have moved from another country, started, both of us have started new jobs, We've gotten married, I moved out of my parents' house, I moved into our new house, I'm in a new city I've never lived in, I'm living with this guy now. And all of these things have changed for us that, um, yeah, it's been a lot of things that I feel like over the past four months, we're slowly catching up with how much our life has changed. Um, But it hasn't, I don't think the strain of that has been on our relationship with each other. Like we, we got to spend this year where both of us were in a place far away from our family, and we really got to lean on each other through that, and making new friends in a new place, and being at a new church, and all of that really prepared us to be here. Um, Yeah, so we've had a lot of change, and marriage is just one of those things, so I think having to learn how both of us are changing, but how now we're together in this new way um, has been all sorts of fun, so.
6: Yeah, I would just say some of those changes are external to marriage, so we, and, and a lot of you will experience them no matter if you get married or not, if you move to another city. Yeah, so those, the making a, 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 adult friends is a unique challenge that uh, is not like making friends in college. Uh, making friends in college is a lot easier, so there, that's just a one. Example of a change that's not necessarily connected to marriage, but still happened at the same time.
5: So, it's also Mitch's first time living somewhere with a girl. He has no sisters, so, (laughs) and I have brothers and sisters. But yeah, so there's all sorts of things of learning to live with a person you've never lived with, and that's. But it's different than like your college roommate because it's more. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully, that's a difference. (laughs) Mm Hmm. It's true.
5: That, that's a big change. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Moving on, <laughs> we are talking about sex, right? Uh, I,
3: I came to talk about marriage. About <laughs> uh, so I, I do Yeah, you know, I guess the greatest thrill of, of my life was to recognize that my wife had not given herself to anyone else when we married. That's always been very important to her. Unfortunately, it wasn't important as important to me as it was for her but we have two daughters and we taught them similar principles to that Uh, and i would encourage all of you to uh, restrain yourself from sexual activity until you're married uh, because of what it will mean to your future spouse
0: Uh, so don let me let me put this question to you guys uh, just briefly what are some significant challenges that you have faced together in the course of your marriage? And how do you feel like you have been able to face those together?
3: Well, the, the, the biggest thing that's happened to us, we, we, we had a, our first daughter in 1970. Uh, she's alive and well, and has her only grandchild. Behind her, we had a child that was born 10 weeks early that had significant brain damage and wound up with cerebral palsy and was uh, incapacit- incapacitated all of his life. He lived to be almost 18 years of age. So we had many ups and downs through that span of time. Uh, that's how we came to UA. Uh, whenever he was like six or seven years old, we put him in a home here in Austin at the, suggest- at the suggestion of a physician in Galveston who was an expert on cerebral palsy. He said, if you don't him in a residential situation your other children will grow up and hate you because you, you will be required to invest everything you have in him and you will get no return for it your kids will resent you and hate you because you've not given anything to them while they've had the opportunity to develop your son will have no chance to develop and that's really a hard decision to make but we decided to do that so we put him in a home here in Austin and we vowed it when we did that we would come to see him once a month which we did for 12 years. Uh, and we got to, to meet and get acquainted with people here. When he passed away in 1990, about a half a dozen couples came from Austin to his funeral in Dallas. We lived in Dallas at the time. Uh, so. Uh, We have many endearing friendships here, and you will find over your lifetime, if you will cling to your Christian friends, you will always have friends because we're dependable people. God depends on us. We depend on him. Uh, And as you go through these trials in your life, you'll become more acquainted with God because you'll need God to help you over the humps.
0: Kay, how do you feel like this challenge affected your marriage together?
4: stronger uh because we really just had each other you know to give the strength to but i I believe looking back i always think that after you have had moments in a tough time you look back you can see god has been there with you all along and i always felt that way in looking back we had marvelous friends in fort worth where we were at the time They just came in and supported us and helped us care for him and encouraged us and made certain that we occasionally got a time away from the stress and pressures of him. And it was just a a beautiful Christian family. And, And I think that was God in the picture.
0: What are some challenges that you faced in marriage, and how has that affected your marriage?
1: Start, start. Uh, well, compared to what uh, Don and Kay have had to endure, uh, we can't say we've had anything as challenging as that. Um, but throughout life, you know, we, we have had financial difficulties, there were periods of time when the economy, or real estate lawyer, and there were times when the economy dips and it affects me, it affects our family, it affects my clients. And there was one particular time during the 80s where it got very, very bad back before you were born. Uh, but we remember it very well, and it was very difficult for us. And it came at a bad time in the age of our children and, and what we had to do. So we, but, but we banded together, we worked hard, and kind of got through all of that. Uh, all kinds of challenges with our children. We have three kids, they're all grown now, they're wonderful, they're our best friends in the world now. But you know, when you go back and what you had to deal with just kind of the day-to-day aspects of life you know that we look back and how do we ever get through that but the thing that uh, we discovered is what what binds you together what what really creates a lasting lasting relationship is suffering together you know going through hard times together that's what really bonds you not only in a marriage but just in friendships in general so whatever kind of relationships you have be the hard times that you remember the most that mean the most to you because that's when that's when you really bond with with another person.
2: Yeah, and and you're you're more you're dependent on each other, but you're also more dependent on God, and it, so it, it has a uh, it has that positive aspect of it.
0: Okay, we're going to take just a few more minutes, but <clears throat> I'd like the mic to go. Uh, you, can, you can start with you guys, um, and I want you to talk just briefly about how has your spiritual life affected your marriage and vice versa? How has your marriage affected your spiritual life?
1: Um, I think it's grown stronger and stronger as we have um, got gone through our marriage throughout 55 years. I think we started out kind of sharing common faith, but but watching how that has grown over the years, um, uh, again, we've, we've grown, and again, because of difficult times we've gone through in our marriage, um, we've really grown to, de- we had to depend on our church friends, we had to depend on the church, we had to depend on our faith to help us through, uh, go through that, so um, life kind of has pushed us along, you know, to, to be, to depend on our church friends and depend on the church uh, so I think it's gotten stronger and, and our, our, the way we believe, the way we think, I mean it, it's as if we're of one mind, it, and it's wonderful to have that kind of uh, relationship with someone where you share
2: I was just thinking of a a time that was a real crisis time for us, and uh, it had to do with another church, a different church, and some things that were going on, and uh, I got, it was really kind of a faith crisis for me, and I um, kind of, I mean, I never did leave the church, but I got real kind of bitter when I was there, and uh, at one point, um, I got a phone call, and it was about, it was somebody that I didn't know. And this person said, well, your name has been recommended to us. Uh, to st- we're going to start a pilot program for a BSF program. I don't know, Bible study fellowship. M- m- most, most of you probably know of that. And so I, I thought, oh, I don't have time for that. And they said, well, it's just six weeks. And so I thought, well, OK. I guess I can do anything for six weeks. So I did do that. And I found that in doing that, it turned my whole head around and my whole heart around. And I realized what I had been doing, I had misplaced my faith. I had put my faith in the church, the people there, and not in Jesus. I had to get back to that, to the scripture, and remember that this is all about Jesus. And, uh, and that was a... That was a so I, there have been a lot of times like that where your life you have some intersections and you have some things that that cause you to reevaluate and uh, and strengthens your marriage as well as your faith.
4: For me, it was uh, times when I would be alone with small children and especially with the son that I felt so helpless to help um, that you begin thinking, you know, where do I get the strength, where do I get the understanding, where do I get the patience and the tolerance and all that I need. And I began to be better about reading uh, and listening to music that would lift my spirits, and it helped. It helped a great deal. Uh, Don and I began to speak more to each other about scriptural things, about our faith, about how important it was for us to... Uh, not only to study, but to try to live uh, the way God wants us to live. And uh, all in all, it was a bonding time for us through all of it. But I'm glad, above all things, that we are of the faith uh, that, that is, is so common with us.
3: I forgot to tell you all the rest of the story about my friend from Amarillo, uh, Ann reminded me of, by mentioning Bible Study Fellowship. I, I met David through Bible Study Fellowship, and he is now one of the most devout Christians you'd ever hope to meet after he rejected God. So that's why I wanted to encourage you toward that same uh, goal in life, is to always retain your relationship with God, but if you ever lose it, you can always reach back and reclaim it. Uh, <clears throat> Early in our marriage, we decided that we wanted to have a faith in god and so we i guess probably the first two or three months we were married we didn't go to church then after after that she said we really need to be going to church i said okay let's do it so we went back to church you know when you get married things happen there you know events are going on around you you've got showers and events and i'm traveling and so forth and so on it's like every other excuse for skipping church it always is awful (laughs) but it happens so um anyway we we've always had a a good relationship with the fellow believers and it has really brought us through tough times um sure i think the overlap that i
6: see between marriage and the spiritual life is the idea of a vow or a commitment you make so whenever you stand up there with someone and you make vows you say I will in the future do these things for you to maintain our relationship and make it what it is that is a very kind of shocking moment that you say in the future I will do this until I die Um, likewise with following Christ when you're baptized when you believe in Jesus you are making a commitment uh, for the rest of your life to follow him and I think those two that overlap of the vow has really helped me understand both more so looking back on getting baptized is like that was like committing making these vows in the future to always follow jesus likewise making these vows to allison i have to hold them and and fulfill those vows because Uh, their promises, that's what promises are are for, is to guarantee the other person you will do this in the future. And so that's how they've informed each other.
0: Okay, I wanna open it up for just a couple of minutes for any questions that you guys would like to pose to the group as a whole or anybody in this group um, about anything with their marriages. And don't be shy.
3: When you marry, you make a commitment. No, he says. Whenever you're with someone that you become unhappy with. Oh, okay.
6: uh, well, I think I think it would be both too for us. Right before we get to marriage, how yeah. do we know? Like, is yeah. it worth pursuing this and right. getting into a
3: marriage? Years ago, we went to a seminar, and the, the speaker at the seminar said, "Whenever you get ready to select a mate, if you'll take the values that you that you espouse in a mate." write them on a line and have your significant other do the same thing. And you gradually edit it down to where you're getting down fewer and fewer things in a pyramid pyramid form. You get to the top of the pyramid, and if you got the same objective, that's probably your future spouse, at least you've got a better chance of making it than otherwise. Yeah, God, God is the one that in a Christian's mind has got to be at the top of the list. You know, if you're not a Christian, it may be wealth, it may be fame, it could be uh, musical talent. You could have a lot of things in your life that you love. But if God is not the part that fills your heart, most of your relationships will never be successful.
5: Um, I think, and Mitch can can attest to this, that, that I, I mean, we both at various times were unsure of certain things about our relationships. Like when, he would be really unsure, like, oh, like, if Allison moves to England, like, I don't know if we can make that work. Like, I don't know if this is going to work. And then we moved to England, and I was like, crap, I got this guy to come here with me, and now I don't know if we should be together. Like, this is crazy. I was like, what? That's hilarious. Like, he, la- he no, I, you guys, I'm not kidding. We land there. I, I got there a few days before him. He lands, and first night he's there, I was like, I don't know why you came here with me. Like, why, I like, why? I know why? He's like, I came for you. And I'm like, well. I don't know about that anymore. And so I think we both went through these at different times. Each of us was questioning the other, but always kind of tracking along. And eventually it comes to a point where you have to say like, am I willing to give some things up about what I thought maybe I want, you know, these grand dreams I had for my life because I love you and because I trust you. And are you willing to do the same? And we're gonna like go at this together. Um, And I think there comes a point where if you can't have that conversation with the person, if you can't say, like, this is scary, like, should we move forward? Um, yeah, then I think that's something to really think about. But we both, at different times, were, were questioning one another, but ultimately knew that we trust each other enough to, like, t- to you know, go forward. Um, yeah, so I think that's something to, to think about as you're having those conversations with people Great. you're dating.
0: Thanks for the question, Nathan. What else? Maybe one or two more questions for wrap up with our panel yeah Kevin
1: how do you, all pray, for how do you pray for your
0: spouse, how do you pray for your spouse?
1: Uh, well we pray together you know um, and we've been involved for the last year and a half in a, a series of uh, retreats with Eddie Sharp and Annette and with Gary Thornton and uh, his wife uh, Leanne this really taught us a lot about how to pray and how to pray with each other but um, we pray over one another. We pray for our children, always pray for our children, man, just constantly, you know, because there's so many things in this world that you are fearful of, with your children and your grandchildren, we have nine grandchildren, so, and each of them, very unique. Um, so, it's, um, again, when you've been through 55 years of life together, you know, just so you know how many bad things Let me just answer that last question too, that you asked, and I, I think it's why it's so important when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, thinking about marriage, you really start asking the hard, hard questions, because it is a, a lifetime commitment. You should only think of it as a lifetime commitment. But for me and Ann, I mean for me at least, Ann makes me a better person than I would ever be without her. So it's, 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 a, it's sort of transactional in a way, without her, I mean, the, the thought of being without her means I would not be as good a person as I might otherwise be. So it, it's just the value of that relationship can overcome a lot of things that might otherwise break you up. So um, always look for the person. Ask the question, does this person make me a better person than I would otherwise be? And, and I think that's, that's the beginning of a, of a, of a lifetime relationship. And secondly, is that somebody I can suffer with? Is that somebody I can go through hard times with? And and if if you can answer positive on both of those things, then it overcomes a lot of bumpy road. I mean, that that outweighs so many other things that might otherwise irritate you, make you angry, or you know, it's just yeah. Well, we got this problem, but you know, at the end of the day, when you weigh this other.
2: I would just add one more thing to that too, and that is um, one of the things that we did when we were doing that power retreat that he was just referring to a minute ago. We uh, we studied the enneagram, and I don't know if you all do you all ever talk about that at all. Yes. Okay. <laughs> well, there, that's, all these guys that's do. Confirmation, <laughs> then, huh? So that's a very about, that's a very good way to kind of uh, understand your differences, right? And uh, learn how to overcome some of those. (laughs)
5: Um, Most We try to pray together every morning before we go to work. Um, I'm sometimes a little slower to rise (laughs) than Mitch (laughs) is. No comment. No comment, but we do try to pray together every morning. we've been going through a more like liturgical prayer book of every day. It's like very rhythmic and, you know, we say call and response lines and and work through scripture together that way, which has been really great. Just having that structure as we start our day. Um, I always, I also am always, uh, Mitch falls asleep before me every single night. So sometimes I pray for him while he's sleeping because he doesn't oh, know. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I do. Yeah, i like, oh, well. this Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, so, yeah, because I'm like always awake at least an hour after he's asleep. So, <laughs> so I have time to pray for him. Um, yeah. Do you
3: that's have a, yeah? Yeah, any other things? Uh, one other thing in, your, in regard to your question about how, you, how do we pray for each other? Uh, w- when we were at the pits of despair, we would pray at night on our knees beside our bed in the, in the fashion that you imagine little children praying uh, because things in life were so hard to deal with. Uh, if you don't have some way to express those, they become inward and really will rot your soul. So if you can't express your feelings to God about what you're going through and you, and you share that experience, it helps through the suffering. If you can't do that, then you probably picked the wrong mate.
0: (laughs) All right, there is so much more to explore, but we need to wrap up our time now. Uh, We want to thank all of you guys uh, for being here. Let's give them a big uh, thank you from us. Uh, I'd like to pray over you guys now, and uh, we'll continue through uh, the last part of our worship. Father, we are thankful for these three couples and uh, what you have done and continue to do uh, each in each one of their lives. Uh, the story uh, that you have written uh, for some of them that is uh, many, many years now and uh, and some that are uh, just uh, getting started and we know are going to be a, an amazing, amazing story. And they'll be able to sit uh in front of uh, college students many years from now and talk about that in the same kind of way. Um, Father, we are blessed by them. Um, And uh, we want uh, to approach the idea of marriage, uh, if that is what you have uh, in our lives uh, at any point. uh, Father, we want to give that, um, to give that to you completely um, as disciples. Um, And we're thankful for those who go before us uh, in these kinds of way uh, who uh, imperfectly but but with uh, wonderful example uh, lead us uh, in that. And so, Father, thank you for that blessing tonight. And we give this to you in the name of Christ. Amen.